Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast show. Uh, I'm Lindsay Phillips, and I'm your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. Um, and for all of you out there that know me, maybe some of you are new listeners, welcome. Um, but I love sharing you know, practical tips, business-building strategies um, to really help and motivate um, entrepreneurs to be more productive and you know boost their profits and grow their business but even just to be better people so I am really excited to have Michael O'Brien with me um, to talk about um, some of his experience and and how to you know be a better version of yourself and to get from good to best if that makes sense well you'll hear more in a few minutes um, but before coaching Michael spent about 22 years as a leader and executive in the global pharmaceutical industry and he's really passionate for building leaders developing cultures and changing lives and this sparked his shift from executive to team coaching. And so as the president of uh, Peloton Coaching and Consulting, he really specializes in coaching senior leaders, C-suite executives, entrepreneurs, and the whole teams um, looking to enhance their energy, trust, and obviously results. And he really leverages the lessons learned from his near-death cycling accident and recovery to help his clients move beyond their challenges on their journey toward being their best and, um, and self-mastery. Um, he is an ICF certified coach and an all-in partner focused on creating better tomorrows for his clients, associates, and Peloton members. So thank you, Michael, for joining me. Thanks, Lindsay. It's awesome. I'm glad to connect. And as we were talking earlier, this is a this is social media in action because we met on LinkedIn. Oh, and, and I know. Now, now we're here. So social media. It works, right? It brings people closer together. It's pretty awesome. Exactly. We were just kind of interested in each other's content and shared some things. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I think I'd love to have you on my show. <laughs> so yeah, I just love that connecting. Because sometimes you think social media is just, um, there's too many numbers out there. But we're living proof, Michael. <laughs> we, are, we are living proof. It's, uh, it's the social and social media that's key. And I think that's I know we're going to get into other content, but I would say one tip yeah. right, off, right off the rip is engage when you're on social media yeah. for any entrepreneur. The engagement piece is so critical. A lot of times we just look for likes and thumbs ups and number of connections, but the engagement piece is ubero uno numero uno key to success. Exactly. And so um, I thought a good starting point um, for our interview here, our chat, um, is to hear about this near-death biking experience or accident that you had. Um, what happened and how that changed things for you? Yeah, so that, that was, I call this my last bad day. So we're going to go back to July 11, 2001. And I was a marketing director for the number one Alzheimer's product in the world. And I had two young daughters. Uh, Elle was three and a half years old. 
Grady was seven months old. And oh. my, my job, you know, uh, we had just moved uh, up to New Jersey for the job a few years ago. I started as a pharmaceutical sales rep and now as a marketing director. It was pretty cool. I was moving my career, but I was stressed, right? I was yeah. busy doing the dad thing. I was busy doing the husband thing. And I was busy doing the work thing and, you know, working all day long in meetings and come home and do email all day long. And I was, I was drained. I was tired. And I thought, like, that was just the normal price of corporate America, right? So that's why they pay you, Michael, right? So that's why you have a Yeah, staff, exactly. Right? Like, you have to do it. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. I didn't feel like I really had many options ex except, you know, nose to the hustle and grind my way out of it. And we had a meeting out in New Mexico, um, the state of New Mexico. And I'm an avid cyclist. I, always, I have been since I was 16. And I brought my bike out. I thought I'd get some exercise before the meeting because it was one of those, you know, Monday through Friday type of meetings. You're in PowerPoint hell for most of it. And I was like, I'm going to get some fresh air before the meetings begin. I don't want to go to the hotel gym. And on July 11th, 2001, I was doing laps around the hotel property. It was like a two-mile loop. And on the fourth lap of the loop, uh, my, fourth, my fourth loop, a Ford Explorer coming into the hotel had crossed the center line of the road going about 40 miles an hour. The Ooh. speed limit was 25 miles per hour and crossed the center line and hit me head on. So oh. um, I, remember, I remember the impact that I made to the, on the truck. Uh, the, I hit the grill, the front of the truck, flipped over into his windshield, the screech of his brakes, and the sound of me coming off the truck onto the asphalt. And, and I was knocked unconscious for a few minutes until the emergency technicians, the EMTs arrived, and I knew I was badly hurt. I couldn't really move without being in tremendous pain, but I could tell by body language that I was pretty messed up. Yeah. And, and so if there's any cyclists listening, the first question that went through my mind was, how's my bike, right? So that's, it's, it's crazy, but cyclists usually do that. And then I was like, well, this is a heck of a way to get out of the meeting. And then I started thinking like, wow, if, you know, if my life is going to be different, right? And there was definitely a question about living and dying because I had, I broke multiple bones in my body, but I, I, I shattered my left femur and that lacerated the femoral artery of my left leg. So in essence, I was sort of bleeding to death. Yeah. Um, and so they got me on a helicopter. They medevac me. First surgery lasted 12 hours. And oh then, my God, that's long. Yeah, and I remember everything uh, sort of up until the point where they knocked me, you know, out for surgery. The next five days, I don't remember anything. And then I came out, and then I started getting my bearings straight. And so, and, and starting to process, like, what happened. And the unfortunate thing was life was different, but I was angry, right? I was going through the stages of grief, uh, denial. Um, yeah. I, I really, I had moments where I wanted revenge. Like that guy harmed me. He should not have been driving. I, therefore I will harm him. And it was sort of this toxic stew that wasn't really serving me well. Sort of fast forward. I had a moment when they flew me back to New Jersey and I was in rehab and I was watching everyone else do their rehab exercises. And I, and I had this moment of clarity. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, if you're going to be the best version of yourself, um, you got to shift your mindset, yeah. you shift your belief system. Cause I was, 
up until that point, I was sort of showing up in life and for my rehab in this mind-limiting, limiting belief way of everything that I could not do instead of what I still had and what I still could do. And, and for me, it wasn't about, hey, I want to be, you know, I, I want some big job or I want to be famous or some celebrity on social media. For me, being my best was that I just wanted to be the best dad, husband, yeah. father, you know, son, um, leader at work, just the best version of me. So it was, there was no comparison, no judgment to anybody else. Just like, I wanted to be the best version of me. And I knew in that moment that I had to shift my belief system, my mindset, in order for that to happen. Because we all have energy and our energy cascades onto every, everyone else. Yeah. You show up in a positive way, it's cool. Show up in a not so positive way, not so cool. It comes back at you. It does. You know, karma has a way of doing that, right? What we send out into the universe has a way of boomeranging back to us. Uh, sometimes it's clear and sometimes it's a little fuzzy, but it mm -hmm. often always comes back somehow, some way. That must have been crazy scary for your wife. Super. Like, you know, so the thing is, is like, so she became like a single mom. Yeah. yeah. With, a, with a, you know, a dependent husband like in a matter of seconds, right? So it was, it was like, wow, what do we do? Luckily, I had the most awesome, awesome wife. And she was just, she went into go mode. She's like, okay, we got a problem. All right, let's get, let's get it done. And she just like took over and took and became my advocate, became my, you know, still my best friend, uh, you know, my wife, everything, you know, a single mom, and she's one of the keys to why I'm here today and in the shape I am today. Without her, I, I would be uh, a quarter of the person I am today. That's nice. Now, obviously she helped you get through this, but I read that you really struggled with asking for help or seeking help from people, even if they offered it. Yeah, no, that was a big... That was a big challenge for me. Um, she was, she, Lynn, my wife, was much better at doing that. But I remember vividly, I got a, a phone call from a senior executive at Pfizer, the big pharmaceutical mm. global um, player. We, we, my company had a partnership with Pfizer. And so obviously Pfizer heard the news and Greg called up and I was in my hospital bed. I was still in a wheelchair. I, I couldn't put I couldn't stand. I couldn't walk at that point in time. He called me up and he said, Hey, what do you need? Like, we're thinking about you. And I literally said, Oh no, I'm good. I'm fine. We're all good. We're, we're fine. And I'm like, you know, totally, I'm like totally lying. Like, you know, oh, yeah, not, not aware. And so, luckily, yeah, luckily Greg was, um, he could sort of call BS pretty quickly. And he said, listen, you, you, we know you need help. And I was like, well, we could really get, have, you know, if someone could come by and do our lawn, our, our lawn's like in shambles, right? So we'd, someone needs to cut the lawn. He goes, that's it? I go, well, let's start there. So, it's hard to know what to ask for, though, right? Yeah, you know, you and don't want to. And then you feel guilty for asking. Like, yeah, yeah, and you feel, you feel really vulnerable, right? You feel, you feel like. Yeah, you're a burden, right? And I didn't yeah. want to be—I didn't want to be a burden. And I would say to any entrepreneur out there, you know, I learned that lesson through my recovery. Hopefully, no one else has to go through a recovery yeah. recovery like mine to learn. But I say, ask for help. You got—you know, got people in your in your tribe. In my case, my Peloton. 
that are eager to help you. So yeah. ask for it. It's, it's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of or an action that brings people closer to you. I know we were kind of talking off the air how, you know, you say someone's business is growing or whatever, but even asking help from one of your masterminders or people that are, you know, your peers, it's like no one ever wants to crack that veneer of being perfect or they don't know everything about marketing or whatever it may be. It's tough. It is so tough. It's, you know, and I would say to anyone, get involved in a mastermind. You mentioned that I'd say get involved in a mastermind. If you're a coach entrepreneur, get a coach, right? We all need mm-hmm. someone or many someones to help us, right? To where we can feel where we can feel vulnerable to say, Hey, you know what? We're not necessarily all that in a bag of chips. We have our blemishes. We have our flaws. Mm-hmm. And you know what? People gravitate to the people that can admit that they're not perfect. That is so and, true. And cause I, you know, I do blogging. I know you do blogging too. Mm-hmm. The blogs where I'm the most vulnerable get the most engagement. Really interesting. Yeah. So, cause I did one about a, um, a workshop I did, it was a disaster, right? It didn't go, yeah. you know, and uh, no, I was embarrassed. And so I decided, hey, this is a learning opportunity. And I put it out there and how like a setback can really be a stimulus for a comeback. And that blog post where I sort of just opened up and say, hey, you know what, I bombed, I stunk up the joint, I actually had the most engagement out of any of the blogs I've ever done in my career. Interesting. And it's funny how we were, if other people let their guard down, we're attracted to that, then why are we so damn afraid to do the same thing with ourselves? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I, it's, a, great, it's a great question, Lindsay. I think probably some of it comes down to just neuroscience and our biology. Oh, I know. We're, you know, we're hardwired for safety, but it's scary, you know. Uh, I think that's why Brene Brown and her vulnerability TED Talk is so popular. Yeah. People know intellectually that what she's serving up is awesome and so true. Then it's doing it that's hard. And, you know, maybe sometimes baby steps are the way to do it. But I have seen from my own, through my own lens, my own life, that once we start doing it, you actually attract more people. When we try to be all tough and be bravado or the queen bee, we tend to push people away. Totally. I, it's, it's like a, a knee jerk reaction, right? You almost have to relearn how to, (laughs) I don't know, be more vulnerable. Now I know you deal with a lot of executives, entrepreneurs, but even like whole teams. Um, What is your experience um, with that and teaching them how to ask for help and open up? So the experience is wonderful when it happens, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a journey, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's a, I do think life is not about the destination. We, we've seen memes on that. We've seen little tweets on that. Uh, it's, uh, it's about the journey towards being our best self-mastery. So there are times where um, I started doing this actually back in um, my corporate America days. And so Seth Godin, I'm a big Seth Godin fan. He has a cartoonish book, goes through the alphabet, and it's called V is for Vulnerability. <laughs> so I had a team of about 39 district sales managers, and they were having a hard time saying, hey, I don't know. Like They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I know, I know. And so I gave everyone a copy of that book, and we started talking about 
vulnerability and saying, hey, I don't know. And I, as a leader, I was at the time a vice president of sales and marketing. I started role modeling it, right? To say, hey, um, here's where I've goofed up and openly share with people to, to let people know, like, even at my title, it wasn't about me, but my title. Yeah. You can share these things. And you know what? It's cool. People dig it, right? And so um, I do that now as a coach. I try to bring that forward where I share my hiccups and my, you know, setbacks or whatever yeah. you want to call them. So my clients can understand it's not going to like the narrative, the story in your head that if you share a vulnerability that your career will be ruined is not really all that factual right it's it's emotional it's not yeah. rational. so fear-based yeah and fear-based and so i try to work with them on again sort of small steps at first to say you know in this group share a little bit maybe it's your team of four people and then you start broadening it uh, over time and see if you can get a little bit more comfortable with it and more comfortable just having that conversation with yourself too now do you feel that if if someone doesn't you know, allow that crack of the facade. If you don't open up about those vulnerabilities that you're straining your path to change, to, to, to become the better version of yourself. I think it, yeah, I think in, and so playing off of, um, your, your theme, because I love, I love the, the sailing theme that you have. Oh, for your oh, thanks. So, uh, so I think it's a little bit like an anchor, right? So I think you can, you can get to a certain level of success, yeah. but I'm not sure if you can get to the ultimate level of success right. without being vulnerable. I, there's a great book by coaching guru, Marshall Goldsmith uh, called, uh, I think it's called what got you here won't get you there. And oh, that's a good phrase. Yeah, it's sort of in the concept of more levels, more devils as your business grows or your titles grow in corporate America yeah. or corporate or in, in Canada where you're based <laughs> or in Europe. If people are happen to be listening in other places across the globe that like what got you to the dance not may not necessarily keep you there. You got to keep on yeah. evolving. And, and I think vulnerability and asking for help is part of that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's hard to do, but you almost have to catch yourself and correct that habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you get there and you're like, oh, I don't want to lose this, right? So you like, yeah. you finally got to that next step. And like, so now we want to hunker down and say, we're going to control it. We're going to protect it. And we got to almost relearn it as we get to the next level of our career success. It's easy to forget and kind of work out that muscle. Absolutely. Now, I know you have the, what you call the best principles to kind of, I guess, uh, I may phrase this wrong, but your foundation, I guess, of, of what you teach um, to be the best version of yourself. Can you kind of go through those principles briefly with us? So we yeah. Can kinda, yeah. Uh, sound awesome. Yeah. Well, th uh, thanks for that. So, yeah. So this sort of, and when you have a lot of time in the hospital, you have a lot of time to think and Google and... <laughs> So, uh, so Peloton, um, Peloton obviously is a, a cycling analogy. So that was born in my, uh, during my hospital stay, it just took 13 years to give birth to it. And the best principles also sort of started back then. So the B and best happens to deal with our belief system, right? right? So you can call it our worldview, your lens, your point of view. And what, what do you show up with uh, at work in life? Uh, in terms of what you believe in, right? So it, it sort of speaks to 
our inner critic, right? So our you know self-doubt stuff that goes on. Also some interpretations and assumptions that sort of limit our view of the world yeah. and also limiting beliefs, right? So a lot of times we have these mindset blocks that inhibit our ability to see broadly. Uh, so the first thing I had to do was sort of to check myself on my belief system, right? To switch from a victim way of thinking yeah. prior to that aha moment to more of a uh, an attitude of abundance, if you will. So the B is the B is all about uh, beliefs. Perfect. So, and I guess even just being in control of your own destiny versus this is just the way it is, and I'm just along for the ride. Absolutely. So as I coach, I'm a big believer. We always have choices, even in our most darkest hours. Yeah. That there's always some choice that we're never truly stuck. Although many times we believe and we feel that we yeah, are, but yeah. we. If we work hard enough on our belief system, we can find some other opportunities. Nice. So the E has to do with energy. And so I'm a you know big believer in productivity. I know you are too. Yeah. And how to, you know, and so managing our energy. And so for me, energy is everywhere everywhere. And there's a cascading ripple effect to it when it's good and when it's not so good. And it's a combination of our spiritual energy, which is not religious, it's more about like who am I? Hmm. What's my vision? What's my purpose? Like your soul? Yeah, well, more like what, what, what's my purpose in okay. life? What's my, like, we'll go to Simon Sinek, right? What's my why? So um, what are my values? What, what, what are non-negotiables, right? So that spirituality piece of it. Um, there's also a, a mental and an emotional part of it. There's also a physical part of it, right? So, and we can manage our energy this way through you know our belief systems understanding our sense of purpose our values um how we eat how we move um how we sleep and also you know our ability to have some deep thought and reflection and you know, enough pausing in our lives so we can ask ourselves really thoughtful questions and then allow our allow some options to sort of uh, unveil themselves mm -hmm. so, E is all about energy. It also sort of speaks to connectivity too. So uh, making sure that we have really strong energetic connections. Again, speaking to the sense of tribe or group or society yeah. or uh, Peloton again. So um, the S is about uh, celebrating our successes and our setbacks, right? So I think in, in business, a lot of times we're quick to celebrate the wins, right? That's yeah. awesome. And I think we should celebrate um, the micro wins, like the small wins, as well as the big wins. When we celebrate the little wins, it actually has a way of attracting some bigger wins. So celebrating the, the wins, that's easy. But I also think that we should do a better job at celebrating our setbacks because our setbacks do serve as a catalyst for growth, for learning. And if we can serve them up that way, Mm -hmm. I think there's there's better energy with them, right? So we only label something as a failure or a misstep or a setback after it's over, right? So we all go in with well intended well intended um, feelings or uh, action. Mm -hmm. and so we label it after the event is over. That's now we true. could, yeah, we could label it as a a failure, or we can label it uh, as a learning opportunity or a growth opportunity and celebrate that part of it. So yeah. 
the S is all about um, celebrating successes and setbacks. Yeah, and you don't hear many people um, even talking about celebrating setbacks. <laughs> no, no. But they it's do like, have use. <laughs> they do. They I always do. say everything yeah. happens for a reason, good or bad. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do think there's value, right? So, hey, if you're making the same error over and over again, mm-hmm. that's a different conversation, right? So you're not, you're not, totally. you're not yeah, you're not really learning then, right? No. So, but I do think there's some value in, hey, when we have a when we have a misstep, when we miss the target, what's the learning and celebrate the learning of it because that learning is going to make us a better entrepreneur, a better business leader, just hopefully a better person. Yeah, and serving our clients better, whatever it may be. Absolutely. And then the T is around transformation, right? So sometimes it's big transformations, big mm-hmm. steps up, and sometimes it's just little steps. I had a little mantra that I would use during my recovery as I approached my physical therapy. We're going to work really hard today, Michael, to make you know tomorrow better than today. And was sort of this building, you know rotation of the bicycle wheel if you will like make tomorrow better than today make tomorrow better today today's can can be awesome but we're going to work really hard today to make a better tomorrow and so that better tomorrow turned into the t for transformation yeah and and again it's you know some of it's like seasons some of it's the journey some of it's towards self-mastery but it's all related to how can we level up and get better tomorrow than we are today? And when we're aware, when we're conscious mm-hmm. of our choices, or of our actions, we put ourselves in a better opportunity to actually live that and see that happen. I love that. And I, you're like all about acronyms, which I have <laughs> yeah. a weird obsession with acronyms myself. <laughs> well, it's a, it's, it makes it easy for me to remember, right? So. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, in my accident, in my accident, I didn't have, you know, I, 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 you know, I didn't have a brain injury, which I'm very thankful for, but I was always the type of guy that would have to do those little acronyms, even in school to uh, best remember things. So, uh, no, it works. Yeah, it works. And it's catchy. Um, so would you say that, cause you know, when, as an entrepreneur or an executive or whatever, I mean, you're so involved in the day to day meeting the goals and sure you have some wins along the way, but sometimes you don't even stop and look back at where you were a year ago. Like, is that part of the energy where it's like, you have time to reflect where you've been and where you are? Absolutely. That's um, one of the things I try to bake into every week is alone time, alone zone time, as I call it. Well, a lot of people call it alone zone time, but I actually found it back when I was recovering, the value of just having some peaceful time where I could sort of think through like, and reflect like, wow, how was I last month, uh, last year? And to have that, that moment of reflection of like, hey, look how far you've come, right? Celebrate that. And where do you want to go? The whole why vision for the future. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are so busy. And I know like a Gary V is really popular on social media, mm-hmm. on YouTube and such. And he's got, so I understand his message of hustle and grinding. And I, I get that. Um, and obviously hard work is something that's really, really important, right? To any successful leader and entrepreneur. Yeah. But I also think, hustling and grinding on the things that truly matter 
lead to greater productivity, right? So hustle and, hustle and grind towards shiny objects, eh, not so much. Yeah. But things that truly matter, Essentialism, if you will, which is an awesome book that I gave out to all my clients last year. Understanding like what's going to really move your business forward, I think is key. Mm -hmm. Having alone time each week, and I have two hours each week, um, a minimum. It's uh, Thursday between one and three. I shut off my computer. I, I don't take any client calls. It's just my time to think about how am I doing in terms of the week? Where do I want to go over the next quarter or the next year? It gives me that time to just really reflect, celebrate when I, want, when I can, and plan for the future when I need to. So you take two hours every week? Every week. I block wow. it off. Nothing going on. And, and at first, you know, at first we think, oh, wow, I can't do that. I can't do that because <laughs> everyone needs me. Like, I'm so busy. But... <laughs> But, you know, we're, we're all busy, but it doesn't mean yeah, yeah. that we're all productive, right? And so there's a great book called um, Deep Work. I think it's by Cal uh, Newport, or I, I, I think that's his name. But you Google it, Deep Work, you can find his book. But he's a big believer in sort of getting alone and really start thinking. And I spend, yeah, two hours each Thursday afternoon. Sometimes it's active, right? Sometimes I'll take my two hours of alone zone time and that's my bike ride yeah. for, for, the, for the day. But it gives me a chance to get away from my computer, away from social media, and really think about, hey, where, where am I right now? How far have I come? Where do I want to go? And as opposed, and so I can be really proactive and responsive to what's happening as opposed to that reactive quality that yeah. busy leaders and busy entrepreneurs often feel because they're trying to juggle way too much. That's true. And I find, I certainly don't take two hours every week, um, but I do notice that like, let's say I have a car drive by myself and I'm driving away and I'm in my own headspace. That's when I'm the most creative, like while I'm in the car and just like chilling it's yeah. the weirdest thing. All these ideas will come to me or like a blog, like the wording of it will come in my head. I mean, I'm not always thinking about work, but it's, it's, it's hit me. Like that's when I'm most creative because you're not in front of your computer and your, your head is clear to take that good stuff in. Absolutely. It usually our greatest innovations do not come during a time of reactivity, right? Where, right. We're, where we're running around like, our hairs on fire. We we don't come up with brilliant innovation. Yeah. Then. It's when it's the drive. It's the bike ride. It's uh, maybe um, just a lone time, a walk, what have you. That's when we get some of our greatest breakthroughs. It's almost. I heard this quote uh, a couple weeks ago that our breakthroughs are on the other side of our boredom. Oh, interesting. And I was like, oh wow, I love that concept because. So often we don't want to be bored, right? So it's so easy to look at our phone all the time, even oh, I know. even at traffic lights. I and mean, you see people Feel every minute out. of the day, yeah, or online, uh, on the gro or in line at the grocery store, or the market, and they got to check their phone. I'm like, what are you checking? Like you just checked it five minutes ago. Right? <laughs> so, but but we don't today. We don't necessarily like to be bored, but I think boredom does have a way to sort of stimulate some thinking, innovation, and our breakthroughs. And I think it's, um, I think it's great. And I, I'll also say, Lindsay, if you're thinking about work all the time, I, don't, I, I think go for it because your work that you do changes lives. And so I don't, I don't consider 
I don't consider it work, right? I think I, I, yeah. I, like what you, what you serve out in the community changes lives. You're a difference maker. And that, that's, that goes well beyond just the definition of work. It, there's a, yeah. And you have to love what you do. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. I'll wake up at four in the morning and like, can't get back to sleep. And I think up some strategy for a client of mine or an email or something. I'm like, why are you doing this? So that's, <laughs> just the way that's, my stupid brain works. <laughs> That is cool. Well, I, so when I'm up at four and you're up at four, I will, uh, I'll, I'll pop you a text and uh, <laughs> we can chat. I was, uh, two weeks ago, I was up at four o'clock and I, I went downstairs and I started, I, and I had like two hours of, of amazing productivity. Now I will also say by 9 PM that night, Oh yeah. I, I was toast, you know, pour, <laughs> pour me into bed, you know, daddy needs to get some rest. <laughs> That's awesome. And also taking that time, I mean, it's self-care, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the whole physical alignment part of energy, right? The proper sleep, proper nutrition, proper movement, you know, that stuff matters. And, and I, I, when I talk to my executives, I don't tell them like, hey, I want you to do things that help promote your physical health, not because you're going to live until you're 100. Like, so we all know that, right? So if yeah. we do great things to our body, eat the right things, you know, practice the right things, that we could live longer. So we all know that. And it's not necessarily motivating everyone to do that. Yeah. Right? So I, what I tend to do is say, hey, when you have better physical energy management, you're making better decisions at work and it's producing more success for you. So don't do it because you're going to live to 95. Do it because yeah. you're living right now. And That's you, true. you get paid to make some big decisions. <laughs> so set yourself up for making the best possible decision. Yeah, I agree. And it gives you so much clarity of mind. And I don't know, you feel more productive somehow. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. You've given us some uh, amazing tri uh, tips and great conversation. Um, so how can people learn, Mike, uh, Michael, about your coaching services and how you can help others? So great question. So you can check my website out, which is www.pelotoncc.net. Peloton is P-E-L-O-T-O-N. They can find me on Twitter, which is Rodiobi, R-O-A-D. Um, O-B-I-E, and also Facebook. I'm on Facebook, which is for uh, the forward slash Peloton Coaching. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. So through any of those resources or social media platforms, you can connect with me. I think we connected at first through LinkedIn. Yeah. But on my website, you can see a couple of videos. You can actually see a video about the cycling accident, and there's some photos there. Uh, so not for the people that have a queasy stomach. So there's definitely some photos <laughs> that tell the story, but also more about my philosophy yeah. as an executive coach. And um, I just love, I, I do it because I love helping people. And I think great leadership changes lives. It throws out a beautiful cascade. And I'm on a mission to make work suck less and make it more enjoyable and, and for people to be happier because I think the planet needs happier people. Yeah, I could not agree more. That sounds awesome. We'll, of course, have those links um, on our website with the podcast as well for the show notes. Um, so, yeah, thanks again for coming on my show. It's been absolutely lovely. No problem, Lindsay. Great connecting on this platform and look forward to connecting with you going forward.
Awesome. So audience out there, thank you so much for joining us. That is it for this special episode of Sailing to Success podcast. You of course can find um, this episode and my past episodes, uh, videos and blogs at lindsayphillips.com. And if you want to learn about how Smooth Sailing Online support um, can uh, support your business of course and get you to to grow faster you can find me at ssonlinesupport.com so until next time folks i wish you all a productive and profitable week and may the winds always be at your back you've been listening to the sailing to success podcast the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.